You're listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Patricia LZ Tuttle, and sometimes I feel I've got to read some books. This is episode number 263 and a half, and today I'm going to talk about a couple backlist titles that I'm excited to share with you. Hi, everyone. I, for one, did not expect that when we entered the year 2020, we'd be getting 10 years for the price of one, yet here we are. I am certainly glad that I have books, but I'll be honest, everything that's going on right now has certainly affected my ability to read. I was sure it would eventually, but now I'm really feeling it. I was recently trying to reread slash re-listen to a nonfiction audiobook that I really enjoy, and I just could not pay attention. But then I read a middle grade fantasy, and I was able to focus and finish it really fast. I think there's just a shift in what my brain can reasonably take in right now, and so I'm trying to roll with it as much as I can. That being said, I have a heavy book and a light book for you today. But before I get to my backlist book picks, let's hear from today's sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Bloom Books. Charming, easygoing, and rich, Xavier Castillo has the world at his fingertips. He also has no interest in taking over his family's empire, but that hasn't stopped women from throwing themselves at him. Unless, of course, the woman in question is his publicist. The cool, the intelligent, the ambitious Sloan Kensington, who is a high-powered publicist who's used to dealing with difficult clients, but none infuriate or tempt her more than a certain billionaire heir with his stupid dimples and laid-back attitude. She may be forced to work with him, but she'll never fall for him because he's a client and that's all he'll ever be, right? Right, girl, like we all know. So just in case you didn't know, author Anna Wong is the best-selling author and book talk viral author of the Twisted Love series, the King of Sin series. Miss Wong, gotta go on on, okay? Make sure to check out King of Sloth by Anna Wong. And thanks again to Bloom Books for sponsoring this episode. This episode is sponsored by The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy. Robbie and Trevor Cressmont have enough wealth to ensure they'll never be found guilty of any wrongdoing, even if everyone believes they're behind the deaths of their ex-girlfriends. Let us all take a collective angry sigh at that. Lauren O'Brien, the new girl at school, has a dark past of her own, and she's desperate for a fresh start. Except when she starts a relationship with Robbie, her chance is put in jeopardy. During what's meant to be their last weekend together, Lauren stumbles across evidence that might just implicate Robbie. And after a third death rocks the town, she must decide whether to end things with Robbie or risk becoming another cautionary tale. This is an edge-of-your-seat YA thriller that's perfect for fans of Karen McManus and Holly Jackson. Make sure you pick that up now wherever books are sold. And thank you once again to The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy for sponsoring today's show. Sir. I've only been doing this show for less than a year, but if you've listened to some of my episodes before, you know I already talk about books about race and intersectional feminism. I've talked about So You Want to Talk About Race, The Body is Not an Apology, Hunger, How to Be Less Stupid About Race, Thick, The Cooking Gene, and others. There are a lot of book lists out there right now where you can learn about race, racism, critical race theory, social justice, and more. So today I want to talk about another one of the books that shows up on most of the woke reading lists that are out there right now. And that book is Between the World and Me by ta Coates. 
If you have never read a book about race, I don't know if this would actually be your entry point. However, I definitely think it's a must read in the long list of must reads. I feel pretty confident in calling Between the World and Me creative nonfiction. Published in 2015, I'm sorry to say that it is just as relevant as the day it came out. Coates wrote this with his 15-year-old son as the audience. It is a combination of memoir and lecture. It both teaches and connects, though I'd argue that all the best teaching finds a way to connect. He writes a lot about violence, the violence we experience as Black people, and the violence that cycles through our communities and families, which he argues much of it at its core is based in fear. After the killers of Michael Brown went free, Coates's teen son went to his room and cried. Coates writes, quote, What I told you is what your grandparents tried to tell me, that this is your country, that this is your world, that this is your body, and you must find some way to live within the all of it. This book is his search for the answer of how to do this. Coates takes us on a journey from his growing up in Baltimore to the lessons he learned about writing from his grandmother, writing as a means of investigation and not only storytelling. He talks about his Mecca, Howard University, and the importance of being Black in Black spaces with the diverse diaspora of our people. He talks about the police brutality that looms over each of us in the Black community and the ripple effect of it on both a social and a personal level. One of the parts that really connected with me was when Coates writes about traveling as an adult to Europe for the first time and how as a Black American, he was in Paris and intellectually he recognized that it was safe for him, but at the same time, he still carried with him that terror instilled in us from living a life in America. As a Black American who has traveled abroad, I identify with this experience very much. The book is short about 150 pages or three and a half hours on audio, but it has a significant amount of depth. I highly recommend Between the World and Me by ta Coates. My second book today I want to talk about is Witch Light by Jesse Zabarski. Witch Light is a graphic novel that was originally published in 2016, but was recently re-released last week actually with new cover art. We meet Sanja, a peasant girl, and learn she has a father and two brothers. Her father tasks her with selling some turnips, maybe looks like some kind of turnip situation. Anyway, she's supposed to sell these root vegetables at the market. Meanwhile, at the same market, there is a witch in a stall nearby. You can tell she's a witch because she has a lit candle floating above her head. A man accuses the witch of cheating him with a bunk amulet and grabs her, which nothing good comes from grabbing a witch. To be fair, nothing good comes of grabbing anyone without their consent, but especially a witch. Anyway, he grabs her and she blows some kind of magic into his face that makes him fall over. More villagers try to grab her and keep her from getting away and fight, fight, magic, magic. A sword lands over near our girl Sanja and she ends up disarming the witch with her own sword. The witch is shocked at this and uses magic to make Sanja pass out and then kidnaps her. Sanja wakes up that evening tied up in the forest. The witch introduces herself as Lalek and tells Sanja that she kidnapped her so that she, Sanja, can teach Lalek how to fight. We also learn that Lalek uses potions to work her magic, which she dips her fingers in. When she needs to do some magic, she'll lick off a finger and then use that. So it does mean that the amount of magic she can do at any given time is limited. 
There are a couple interactions that happen that make Sanja go wide-eyed and blush, like when Layla leans into Sanja to tie her to a tree so she doesn't run off. Sanja, who we learn is quite sweet and also has plenty of morals, finally tells Lelek that she'll teach her how to fight as long as Lelek stops cheating people. So they come up with a new legal way to make money as they travel from town to town. Sanja asks Lelek about her candle that floats above her head, that if it's true that if it goes out, does she die? And the answer is complicated, and we learn that Lalek has a complicated past and is actually on search for someone as they go from town to town. Sanja agrees to help Lalek on her search, and they go from town to town, fighting other witches, meeting new people, and making new friends. This book is cute and queer, and it has so much heart. Again, it's Witchlight by Jesse Zabarski. And that's it for me this week, book lovers. Thank you so much to our sponsor. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com backslash all the books. If you're a fan of all the books and all the backlist and you want to show us some love, you can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other book lovers find us. If you want to talk about books or nerdy stuff or check in on my shenanigans, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the infophile, as in the lover of information, spelled T-H-E-I-N-F-O-P-H-I-L-E. In the meantime, have a safe weekend, drink some water, and happy reading!